Welcome to the Left of Straight Show, where we talk entertainment, music, books, foodies, and more each week with special guest interviews of interest to the LGBTQ community and our straight allies. Direct from the entertainment capital of Northeast Ohio. Northeast Ohio. Your host, Scott Fullerton, chats with some of your favorite entertainers, celebrities, newsmakers, and behind-the-scenes people across the country and around the world who make it all happen. So sit back, grab your favorite beverage, and let's start talking. everybody to another episode of the left of straight show where we interview celebrities and personalities from the worlds of entertainment foodies books music and advocacy i'm your host as always scott fullerton and today i have a special treat for y'all i'm sitting down with two social media superstars who are lending their voices and sharing their journey to bring light to the experiences of our lgbtq plus couples navigating their path to parenthood from their well-loved youtube and instagram content the TikTok and their brand new podcast, Michael and Matthew have been sharing their journeys as a couple, traveling the world, and they're now offering an insightful look into the challenges and triumphs of starting a family through unconventional paths such as surrogacy, IVE, IFV, excuse me, IFV, IUI, private adoption, and even foster care. They're providing resources and sharing personal stories with the awesome goal to support and inspire other LGBTQ plus couples who are embarking on similar journeys. So please welcome to Left of Straight Show for the very first time, Michael Lindsay and Matthew Schuler, the host of the enlightening and heartwarming podcast, Who's Your Daddy? Welcome guys, how are we doing today? Yeah, doing great, thank doing you. Good. Wow, what an intro, oh my God. <laughs> well, so nice. You guys have had quite a journey. As I told you off air, I've been following you for a long time now. You guys are no stranger to this whole YouTube and uh, being on air, but mm-hmm. this podcast journey, wow, you've been on it for a month now, but I didn't realize you guys have been working on circusy for a year and a half. So congratulations. Yeah. That's a long journey. Yeah. It has been a whirlwind. Thank you. And like like I've mentioned before, I feel like we've already had our baby, but instead of a baby is <laughs> a podcast and it's taking a lot of energy, a lot of time many sleepless nights oh god but fun i might be exaggerating a little bit but it's fun. <laughs> you know it you've done the podcast thing you understand it's, it's it can be a lot it's a different animal i mean you guys have been doing the youtube video for quite a while now but podcasting for some reason especially you're doing guests as well and that's a whole mm-hmm. when it's just yourselves right you have a little bit of an idea what you're doing but then when you bring other people into it it's like okay it's a lot more work than i thought right Damn. Yeah, I realize we're yeah. scheduling a lot of people doing all, you know, the whole calendar of events, all of it. <laughs> well, we're going to talk about all that because I want to share that it's been an amazing journey. But let's start from the beginning. I mean, if you haven't been living under a rock, I'm sure they do know you. But I always like to start off with a couple of questions in the beginning. Let's start by telling just a little bit about yourself, where you're from and what kind of kids were you growing up? Michael? Yeah, um, I'm from South Dakota originally. Um, I am a f- from a family of eight kids, so I'm the seventh of eight. Um, everybody asks if I'm Mormon or Catholic, and I am Catholic, so that is that is the 
large family connection there. Um, uh, all my siblings have kids. So I'm like the last one. I think I always knew I wanted them. Didn't really know how that was going to happen after I came out, but I always knew that it was going to happen eventually. Um, and then Matthew and I met in 2014 mm -hmm. and fast forward nine years later and here we are. Yeah. There you go. Grew up. Matthew, talk yeah. about yourself. Where did you grow up and what kind of a kid were you? Um, my name is Matt and I grew up in Oregon, about an hour and a half south of Portland in a small town. Um, I come from a much smaller family. I have one full brother um, and then I have several half siblings, but I never really grew up with those siblings. It was like separate families outside, you know, whole long family history. Oh, and I was a pretty, I would say, spunky kid growing up. <laughs> I've heard I was I've heard dramatic. Yes, very dramatic, <laughs> but nothing's changed. I'm still dramatic. But my favorite thing to do would be to like run around outside barefoot because I never wore shoes as a kid. And so now I just like am like my it's like a little hobbit feet are basically my shoes and i would like sit in my dad's the back of my dad's pick, pickup truck for hours and hours and hours and bake in the hot sun and just play pokemon on my game boy so that was kind of like my childhood <laughs> for any pokemon out there that was my life for <laughs> like years so <laughs> now, i always like to ask too i mean you guys are a fantastic couple but when did you first come out to yourself who was the first person you told? And when do you think you might have started finding your tribe? Oof. Wow, yeah. Um, let's see. I was 24. Um, so that's, I think, when I I had was, like, dating a woman at the beginning of the year, I think. And then it, like, fizzled out. And I think I had told myself, like, if this doesn't work, like, I don't know like what else to do like i'm i'm trying to see if it's like oh if there's like a physical attraction that's supposed to be there or like oh we're supposed to just be really good friends and like it's supposed to work and it was just not working um and so i i kind of told myself at the end of that year which was what 2013 that i was like all right this is, this is not working and i think you know i just need to accept kind of what i've always known um, I think the, if I'm remembering right, the first person I told was like my best friend at the time who were still really good friends. Mm -hmm. Um, but I remember, yeah, we were just sitting in a car and I was like, I have something to tell you. Um, <laughs> and that was like October probably of 2013, like 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, um, my, I, I, I had a little bit of a different kind of, um growing up coming out to myself kind of thing from michael's experience um i was in a pretty conservative environment um i was like kind of hyper religious in uh evangelical christianity and i um i knew that i was different in like fourth or fifth grade i started noticing that i was different from the other boys in my class and that I wasn't interested in the same things and just kind of had this awareness that was um, shocking and off-putting to me. It was kind of scary, anxiety-provoking as a kid, being like, oh, I feel different. This is weird. And then in sixth grade, I think is when I really like came out to myself, but 
I quickly like shoved all feelings down into the closet as far down <laughs> deep as they could go and lived as a closeted, you know, kid growing up through middle school and high school. And then the first person I told was my best friend. I think it was in ninth or 10th grade that I had come out to her. Um, but I came out in like a more of a confessional type of way, like a I'm um, having these feelings. I'm having these feelings yeah. and I'm sinning, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and so it was more of a, a conversation of how can I repress these feelings even more than like, a, oh, I'm happy you confided in me. It was more of a, uh-oh, how do we get rid of those problematic feelings? Mm -hmm. And so I, I just kind of like didn't tell anyone else for the rest of high school until college. And then I started coming out to other people in... Um, Towards the end of my mm, towards the end of my sophomore year, I started having like more conversations around the topic, and it wasn't until my junior year of college that I started actually coming out to friends. Um, I spent the summer in Europe in 2012 between my sophomore and junior year of college, and there was quite a few um, people that I met on that trip that I was um, learning that were like openly gay, um, having a lot of fun in London, um, Belgium, other places. And, and I really like admired them for their, for the way that they're able to like live their life so openly and how it wasn't a problem. And so that was very different from where I was coming from. So I kind of brought that back with me to college and that kind of, uh, was like the instigator for me opening up more to the people in my community. And a lot of them left. And a lot of them stuck around and I found um, new people and um, most of the people, most of the <laughs> guys at my private Christian university that I was friends with were actually also gay. And so it was great because it was kind of like, we're all coming out at the same time. It's weird how you find each other. Yeah. Exactly. Like yeah. Well, and uh, we talk about you guys are early adopters of YouTube back in the day and your YouTube coming out videos are actually kind of how you guys met. I saw your, if people have not seen the podcast yet, I think it's your second episode where you talk yes. about the entire trials and tribulations from a stolen car to go, going through the college experience and uh, pretty exciting and wild times. YouTube brought you together and you're doing it this many years later. How wild is that? Absolute insanity. Yeah, not anything I would have expected. I would say <laughs> trauma bonding in a way, right? I'm sure we go into it in, sure. in that in that episode of our podcast. But yes, there is like a lot of um crazy events that occur all in the first few weeks of us meeting and, and starting to date. So and that all came came about came to be because of our coming out videos on YouTube. Um yeah. A trial by fire. I mean, it works. I mean, you guys were through thick and thin right then and there. Did you ever, when you, I mean, you ended up moving over while um, Matthew was going to school, or excuse me, while Michael was going to school, Matt, you moved uh, back east with him. Yes. And you were still doing YouTube at the time. Did you guys ever kind of want, I mean, you started your channel together in 2007, over 14 and a half million views or something crazy like that. Did you ever think about doing it separate? Was there ever talk about, do we want to do this together? Or how did that come about to kind of commingle yourselves? Yeah. So we, I started in 2007. That's when I started my YouTube channel. It was Bushu 37 back in the old days of YouTube. Prehistoric. Prehistoric times YouTube. of YouTube. It was great. 
And Michael, you started yours in 20, literally 2014, like February, 2014, like a couple months before we met. So he was quite a, a newbie on YouTube, newbie. but he had, uh, you had, you had like gathered a following up at that point. Small following. You, like, you, you know, you started and you're like, okay, now I got a following. It was, he was pretty lucky. And then, uh, or skilled. Wow, thank say. you. Yes. And so it was his coming out video that he sent to me. And that's how we initially started talking. And when he came out and visited, uh, we were just like so into the YouTube video blogging thing that, or at least I was, <laughs> that it was kind of like my thing that I was going to record experiences. So um, when you came out during the summer and we went to like blogger fair and we were driving out to Nebraska, I wanted to video blog the whole thing um we were kind of like doing the boyfriend tag and these mm -hmm. cutesy trends that were happening on youtube at the time mm -hmm. and so it was kind of like i don't know just natural because we had met through youtube to be like oh let's make videos together that'll be fun and so we just started doing it as a way to document kind of like our fun experience dating each other in the beginning days and then it just continued because it was like such a I don't know, an integral part of our relationship from the beginning. Mm -hmm. And we had developed this community online of people who were invested and, and interested in what was going on with our relationship and to see if we would actually make it. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, okay, we'll keep sharing this. Yeah. And that just like, we got invested. That's for yeah, sure. I mean, I mean, we were posting separately and then we were just sort of like, why? I mean, we're in each other's videos all the time. It's not like we're doing solo stuff. We weren't doing a lot of like just me talking on right. my channel yeah. or just him talking on his channel. It was like just videos that were always involving the both of us. So I think we just renamed his channel like Michael and Matt or back in the day or we just we combined it and it was just under your name or whatever. We just uploaded instead of uploading them separate channels and figuring out which one to do. We just decided, let's just put everything on one. Well, it's interesting because we had a manager who told me at the time, it was like 2015, and our manager, or my manager had said, don't combine your channels. Mm -hmm. he, he was like, absolutely not. Do not combine your channels. That's not going to be a good thing. Like, you see these couples come online, and they have a channel, and then they break up, and then their brand is gone, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, well, fair enough. And um I kind of disagreed with them a lot at the beginning because I was like, no, I want a couple's channel. But <laughs> I didn't want to like jinx our relationship somehow by having a couple's channel. So I held out from doing that. And my channel was just Matthew Schuler from like 2014 to um, 2019. And we didn't change it to Michael and Matt and officially combine our channels until a year after we were married. Um, mm -hmm. Because, you know, you first... I never remember that timeline. But yeah. Start dating, <laughs> share a home, you know, share a marriage, share bank <laughs> accounts, and eventually share a YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. So, have okay. progression. <laughs> I love that. I love it. And where did the love of travel come in? I mean, obviously, you talk about, Matt, you traveled in Europe. Michael, you always kind of a traveling kind of guy, or what brought the traveling about? You guys have been in some amazing places. Yeah. Um, I mean, my family, my dad grew up out on the West Coast. He grew up in like Vancouver, Washington area. And we lived in South Dakota and we had a bunch of kids. So the only way for me to see like my dad's side of the family was to like 
put everybody in a motorhome and then just like drive. So we would do that like every summer, every other summer. And it was just always like my favorite part of the year. Um, we're just like driving through all this like beautiful scenery and we're just like playing games on the road. And then we come out here and everything's so different. So I always loved doing that in high school. I got to go to like Costa Rica on a trip with my Spanish class and my dad came along and that was amazing. And I got to go to like Europe for the first time when I was in high school still. And I was like, this is really cool. Like I wasn't that attuned to, or I hadn't flown that much. And I was just like fascinated by the whole thing, you know, just like ending up in Europe in like nine hours. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think it just, it was something that we had done as a family. And then when it sort of expanded into like the whole like flight realm of things, you could just go all across the world. I was just like, this is so cool. (laughs) Nice. I, we have, we could not have more like opposite experiences growing up. (laughs) As far as traveling. Um, Because I grew up, I never had left the country ever up until I graduated, like after I graduated high school. And for the vast majority of my family vacations, we only went to the Oregon coast, which was about an hour away from where I grew up. So I like, I didn't even go to downtown Portland. I never saw downtown Portland, which is an hour and a half away from my town hometown. And I never went to downtown Portland until I think my junior year of high school. Wow. So like, like skyscrapers amazed me. Just like looking at a skyscraper was the most fascinating thing to me because I couldn't imagine like a building that was over five stories tall. So like, and that was because my dad, he served in Vietnam in the 70s and he developed PTSD from his experience there um and that turned into agoraphobia and i didn't realize i i mean i I didn't know this until um after college even and so growing up like our experiences as a family were very much centered around our home and we never really went to other towns or cities traveling much like the coast was kind of like the farthest we would go so, I mean, I never went camping growing up. Um, we would set up a tent in our backyard for for tr- for our, like, weekend fun trip. But, like, the tent in the backyard was actually, like, part of my dad's therapy to help with his agoraphobia because it was, like, a, a thing, like, his therapist was prescribing to be, like, hey, go and set up a, a tent in the backyard with your kids and try to, like, hmm. sleep out there to see how that kind of, and I didn't know this growing up, but it totally makes sense. We never went to Disneyland, Disney World, or any of that. So I I grew up kind of like in envy and just very frustrated at all these experiences that um, my friends and others would have on spring break and going to all these different places. And so I like, I had this notion of when I finish high school, I'm going to go all over the world. I'm going to see everything, you know, this kind of like took it as a challenge. Like, okay, well, We'll see what I can do. So yeah, I got a job at an ice cream shop, raised money my senior year, and then I took a trip to Sweden at the end of it. Blew all my money on that plane ticket, but it was it was great. That's amazing. Well, talk about um, you've been to like I said, such great places. What is maybe? 
the one place you went to that you weren't expecting to be as great as it was? And what was one maybe you were really excited to go to that was, it's all right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What's one of the best that you weren't expecting? Um, I wasn't expecting to love Portugal as much as I did. Um, we had been to Spain and I had a, I had a very high bar set for Portugal being so close. Um, we just, Matthew, I think one of his favorite countries is Spain. We went there with some friends, we Mm -hmm. did like a 10 day trip. It was amazing. So I was like, man, I wonder how this is going to compare. And then I think both of us were just like, this is so for such a small country, like it was so fun. It was so multicultural. It was, there was so much to do. There's so much good food. People were great. It was like very affordable, gay friendly. Like, I don't know. I was, it just checked so many boxes that I don't, I just was not really expecting for, I don't know, a country that I didn't know many people had on their list. I've heard of it a lot more recently, but I never really heard much about it. Like growing up, that was the one I didn't expect. I'll think about the one. What, uh, what about you? Uh, I th- So, yeah, I remember visiting Slovenia and um, how I didn't know much about it at all going into it. And it was just a part of this kind of uh, Europe itinerary. And so I, I didn't really have anything look to look forward to there. And uh, I was like, oh, this is just another stop on the trip, whatever. OK, we'll go for a few days. And when, when I got there, I was just amazed by how beautiful it was. Um, if you've ever been to heard about experience anything around lake bled slovenia it's just absolutely gorgeous it's a huge lake with a like beautiful medieval church on an island in the middle of the lake and then there's cliff sides on one side of the lake with a medieval castle overlooking like so it's just it's like a picture from a fairy tale book and it's beautiful and they have a lot of different outdoor activities around there to do we did this um i think it was called the emerald river tour and it was like a full day of going through the alps and seeing so much beauty going on hikes seeing waterfalls seeing these enormous canyons with just this bright turquoise water rushing through it we went white water rafting down the river, like it was an incredible mm-hmm. experience and it was so surprising. I had no idea that I had anything like that there. So that was my favorite place that we visited on that trip. Mm-hmm. I think one of them that I was expecting, I had very, very high expectations for, and granted I was only there 24 hours. And so I could be completely wrong, but <laughs> I was not as, I didn't enjoy Paris as much as I thought I maybe would. Mm-hmm. It was like a quick day, again, it was like a quick day trip, like stayed the night got up did some more stuff and then and then left um versailles was incredible like that was wild um but like the city of paris i don't know it was i got to the top of the eiffel tower like the viewing deck and i just looked out and i was like it's just all very like all these like white buildings you know this like white concrete and it's just like this like just giant landscape of like the same height of building. I don't know. I think I, I've heard a lot about fine. that in Paris. Like people have really high expectations and then I you think have it bars set unrealistically high just through media. Yeah, right. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I mm-hmm. had a difficult experience, I think in Lima, Peru, that was hard, but I, I, you love, love Lima. Lima now. 
uh, when I first visited there, I hated it. It was awful. But like, again, my expectations were so high and thinking Lima, Peru, South America, I'm thinking, oh, I'm going to fly into the Amazon. It's going to be beautiful and jungly, gorgeous and so much fun. And you fly in and of course it's the desert, but it's also kind of like a mud desert in a way. There's just mound, like just hill upon hill upon hill of just mud and dirt surrounding the city. So it doesn't look like a pretty desert that you're flying into. It looks like a cloud covered mud pit <laughs> in a way in some parts of in some parts of the year it's because it i also flew gloomy. in I, I flew in during the cold season yeah so it, it was september and in the pacific northwest and in nebraska it's beautiful in september mm-hmm. weather is perfect it's wonderful and in peru the weather is not great well in lima the weather is not great in september <laughs> it's, it's cloud covered i didn't see the sun for three weeks when I first flew in to Lima, that was not my expectation of South America. I was like, this is awful. But then I got it's to know the city. And I felt that. that was my expect. I told you guys out there, I moved to Portland, lived there for four years, right? Mm-hmm. And I moved up there because my best friend went to chiropractic school there, right off the highway, Western States. So when I moved up there, we moved up in September, October, whenever school started, his semester started. and. Portland itself, very overcast, very rainy, right? So my friends are telling me, Mount Hood, we're going to go hiking, we're going to do this. Mount Hood did not show itself for the entire first month I lived in Portland. And I thought, there's, it's not there. I don't believe it. And then all of a sudden, like the 32nd day, it's like, oh, and it's like right in your backyard, right? You can walk (laughs) to it, it feels like. Yeah. yeah, I definitely relate to that. Very funny. Um. Let's talk about for two seconds. I mean, you talked about earlier when we were talking about YouTube that your manager said, don't do it together. You might break up. We just had kind of recently that Nikki and Pierre guy break up. What do you guys do to keep yourself kind of separate from making it a job and work? How do you guys kind of find that balance in work life and doing these kind of social media things? Well, it is a job and work. So yeah. <laughs> we, it is hard to, I mean, like, yeah, we, we do look at it as work now. We've seen a, f- a number, I think, though, of, of people who are pretty public online and then it ended up not working out, which, I mean, that ha- I mean, people don't work out all the time. Right. Um, it's just that they were somewhat of a public face. I think it's hard I think it's hard maybe just because they were so big um, that to keep that momentum going, it's sort of like, I I would maybe relate it to like being an actor, right? Like a pretty like big actor. It's like, there's so much expected of you to stay relevant, to stay current. People want to see new stuff, different stuff. And that can just, Mm -hmm. I think that can just have come with a lot of pressure. Um, Definitely. And, they're far larger than than we are and probably garner you know that much more attention just in general um and i'm so i'm sure they have way more people in their ear you know saying try this do that do that um i think maybe we're just at like at least a comfortable level um where it's it's not like i don't know millions and millions and millions and millions i also think 
we sort of just had, I think we prioritized our relationship more than that. So I think I've, I've vocalized this a lot. I was like, if this is what's going to like break us up, then I'll just delete it. Like I went to school. I was not like trying to do this necessarily. I, you know, it wasn't like I I wasn't in high school. Like I want to be on YouTube. I want to be on Instagram. Like that was never in my brain. Like I had this whole other plan for my life. And then this just has been a nice addition um, and opened up a lot of opportunities, but like, it's not something that I need to like be fulfilled. I don't think, I think there's a lot of good that's come out of it. Like I said, but if it was going to be a detractor for us, then I was, I've said that many times. I'm like, we'll just, I like, I don't need it. I can delete it. If that's, (laughs) if it's going to be negatively impactful on my life, um, then I don't, I'll just say, say goodbye. And I, I think that's like the same kind of sentiment that we would hold towards um, any career. Um, <laughs> if it's detracting from our relationship and having a super negative impact, then we would need to look at what we can do to change that mm-hmm. um, or what we need to change about ourselves in order to make it work. So um yeah, it's just a, it's a hard thing when careers and jobs can get in the way of relationship stuff, and it, you know, and you involve finances, and then this public public eye and kind of like expectations layered on top of that. So there's there's a lot of it, it can get complicated. But um, no, I I am really thankful that Michael does have his dental career because it helps to maybe buffer um, a little bit of the intensity of how social media can feel crushing and pressure in the sense of um, if it is tied to 100% of your income, that can be a lot. Um, So, and I've had other jobs in the past. I mean, I did nursing school through the pandemic and was working as a nurse. I'm no longer practicing, but I still have my license. I can still go back to nursing. Um, But yeah, we've had to make several decisions over the years of like, okay, well, let's take a step back. Let's do this a little bit. Let's do that a little bit. Um, so yeah, I I feel like I've moved around a lot in careers in the job space, trying to figure out like what works best in our situation and where we're at in life. Um, and right now, like, yeah, social media is great for the most part. Mm. It's just another job. That's what I was asking, because I think they said that they become more about the brand than them. That's why I said, because even this podcast, it shows you guys are talking about your journey, but it's very much sharing the experience. I think you guys have always in the six or seven years that I've been following you, that it's been very much sharing journey with others and not all about you. And that's what I kind of meant by separating the brand from your relationship. Right. Like said, everyone's going to have relationship problems here or there, but it's when you when you make a, a brand decision as opposed to relationship decision, that's what you guys seem to excel at. So good on you for that. I know they were both actors as well. Right. And if you're an actor, you have, you have to have a very strong independent brand, I think, right. To be booked. And mm-hmm. then I don't know, I don't know what their acting side of things, you know, looked like acting, but, modeling, but maybe then it, it was like, Oh, well, this is doing well for us now. And so I don't know. It, that's the thing too. It's like, it's not 100% of our, persona is just you know it's like it's i my my personality is not linked to all of my income and all of my 
self-worth, I guess, in, in an industry, I, I suppose. Um, so I think have, having a having a backup plan or like, you know, something else um, in your life that you can can have outside of just content creation is is grounding potentially. I would say it's more concrete and like um, attributed to my personality and life in that sense, because I am like full time in it right mm-hmm. now. So it is a bit heavier on my end with like the pressure. <laughs> um, yeah, of all that. But it, it again, it's helpful for him to have that balance and be able to have something else. So he's not 100% in it like me, because um, I think that would feel <laughs> even more crushing. <laughs> well it's a good transition i want to get into the podcast let's take a quick break because i want uh this is aaron i think probably a couple weeks after your seventh episode where you really kind of broke everything down right you talked a little bit about um what the journey's been like what you didn't expect what you saw so let's play just a little snippet of that for my listeners we'll talk about it on the other side okay okay Hi, guys. We're talking to Michael and Matt here. Uh, they have a fantastic new podcast, Who's Your Daddy? We're going to play just a little snippet, and we'll talk about the other side. Listen to Left of Straight Show right here on the Left of Straight Radio Network. So there you go. You guys are, ta- are very open and honest with that. That was a fantastic episode. I mean, you're learning a lot in this journey. You're now, I think when this is airing, you're eight or nine episodes in. Talk about how this has been for you, the ups and downs. Are you enjoying the journey at least? <laughs> such a loaded question <laughs> enjoying oh that's one way of putting it uh i'm gonna be enjoying it when when it's over <laughs> we gotta like enjoy the journey while it's, while it's happening i guess right i know i think there's a lot of things in life i mean it's where, you know you when can... you're in it you're like oh my god like get this over with and then you look back and you're like wow that, that, was, really, that was really really And like, we learned a lot and it it helped us grow as people. And so we are learning a lot. That's the the biggest thing. Totally. I mean, we're trying to enjoy it as as much as we can. Um, There are just a lot of like stress points, I think, that are that are still to come that are in the back of our mind. Um, We've essentially gone through the IVF portion of it up to the point of having embryos. Um, that part, I think we had a lot of fun with actually, and was like very exciting. Um, but we've been waiting, um, for months and months now, I guess we literally got the email. It was like a year ago, almost that we went in and did our donation and everything. So it's almost been a full year from the IVF portion of things, let alone like starting the whole journey itself before that. Um, but yeah, I think there's, there've just been some things that were unexpected things we've learned along the way filming the podcast and interviewing um, a lot of people who have done surrogacy mm-hmm. where we're rethinking or not trying our best to not have like regrets because you don't know if you, if you would have changed the thing that you did, if it, if you would have had a better outcome, but you're, I think there's a lot of like second guessing that goes on with results of different things that you're like, maybe we should have done it this way versus this way. Maybe we should have done it here versus there. But Overall, we're gonna we're just gonna enjoy the journey, but we are looking to match for, with a surrogate in the near future. Whenever 
you know, we find the right person. Yeah, we're not just waiting, per se, yeah. but we are looking actively for uh, a surrogate um, to be a part of our journey. So that is um, asking a lot of questions of a lot of people who we have connected with on Facebook, online, um, just through contacts and friends of friends. Um, and hopefully we'll find somebody who is a good match soon, 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 soon. There you go. Fingers crossed on that. And like you said, it's a whole different animal. I mean, your YouTube and everything, I'm sure. I mean, it's very much choreographed to some extent, but you're still going on vacations and doing this here. You have to book the people. You have to make sure that you clean the house that day. You got all the silly (laughs) things you don't even think about, right? Yeah. Yeah, uh, we've definitely cut back on travel a ton this year. Mm-hmm. Well, for the second half of this year, at least. We um, did a lot, a lot, a lot of travel in January, February, and March. And then once we got back from Australia, Costa Rica, we decided that was great. That's been enough for the year. Let's stay home for a bit. Because we knew that we were, we wanted to start the podcast. And we're like, we got to start recording. We got to like start working on it. And so we basically completely flipped from full-time traveling as much as we could to now we're at home recording, editing, and trying to launch our podcast. So um, it was a big switch. And I'm, I've been so happy, though, to stay home and experience Portland in a more real way mm-hmm. because we've been traveling so much over the last few years that we haven't really been able to... Um, develop a great community in Portland or see Portland in a, I don't know, have fun here. We haven't been able to have fun in our own city. We've just been kind of like living here to store our stuff and sleep between oh trips. Oh my gosh, it sounds so dramatic. No, but he is, he is very he is very right in the sense that um, I think we've been able to foster a lot more community in the last year. Um, just kind of being around a little bit more, you know, hanging out with people on the weekends when maybe we would have been traveling. Um, so that's been really cool um, and really nice. So yeah, we, we were, we moved to like a really cool spot right in the U S like Portland's a really amazing place to be. Um, and we were tra- traveling a lot of places from it. And now I think we're just trying to be like, okay, there's like a lot of cool stuff around here. We should, should hang out with people, see people. And then like, it's a beautiful state. So do some local stuff. I didn't know where the zoo was the first two years I lived there. It's oh. like, there's a zoo? It's like, yeah, it's, it's crazy. So it's like, <laughs> I, I was the kind of guy, I would just go to Northwest 13th and have coffee all day long and visit with oh, friends. yeah. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. books, which we talked about. So. That's a great it area. Is a Best laid out city in the entire world. You can't get lost there, right? It's amazing. Um... <laughs> Maybe, I mean, like, so I... You can't get lost there? I couldn't know. Oh, I get lost all the time, but I'm not great at directions. So <laughs> I was talking to somebody who was a city planner and I was, I lament a little bit of like some weird interchanges and like interstate things. And I was like, man, you have some, some work to do in Portland. And he's like, actually, Portland is one of the most like well-planned cities in the U S and I was like, wait, really? And then I got to thinking about it and I was like, well, yeah, that's, he's not maybe entirely wrong as I, as I visit other cities and I get frustrated with them and I'm like, why is everything so spread apart? Like, why do I have to drive Mm -hmm. like 14,000 miles to get to this next place? I mean, Seattle's insanity with and all that. Yeah. No, it's it's like, I I remember like 
Burnside and the river, right? Northwest, mm-hmm. southwest, and it's at street one, two, three, four. So if you're going to one, zero, three, four, five, you're going a hundred blocks northwest. And I can find myself there. Just if yeah. they start curving around, like you said, that's when it's a little scary. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. All right. Well, let's talk about, I mean, you've had some of these fantastic guests, 90 day fiance guys were on a bunch. Um, how is that kind of talking to other people with experience? Have you learned anything that you weren't expecting or what's kind of been your biggest learning experience so far from someone else talking it through? Man. Um, yes. I mean, one, one thing that's been really, really amazing is just being able to talk to people that we've not met in person, but we know, you know, online and, and they have a story of, of, you know, non-traditional family building um, and just kind of getting to talk to them has been super, super fun. Honestly, I think one of the thing, one of the episodes that's not come out yet, um, is with one of our actually really good friends who we see quite often who did, um, foster care mm-hmm. and he talks in depth kind of just about what it's like, how it's structured things that you need to know, things you have to do how certain laws can affect xyz and like i honestly i'm probably gonna just listen to that episode back even though i was like in it mm-hmm. edited it and i think that there was a lot of, of a lot of good in information there. in there um, so much that we didn't know beforehand yeah but also i mean we've learned tons of stuff from a lot of people who had done like their surrogacy journeys and um yeah i mean we still have so many more people that we want to talk to so i've said this before like our our process in surrogacy we've completely have changed our minds and have flipped on so many different things um when considering our journey since starting the podcast and starting these interviews because we we've just learned a ton from each one of these conversations because when is it that you like actually sit down with somebody who's gone through the surrogacy process and interview them in depth for like an hour to an hour and a half mm-hmm. and you you get so much info from that it's amazing and so i wish we had done this podcast um before <laughs> we started surrogacy because that would have saved us a lot of um expended energy I think just worry, worrying about things and trying to make decisions. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like Michael said, I don't know if it happens to you guys, but I learn more in the editing than I do in the interview. Cause I blank, I, you, we kind of zone out on the interview, right? We're talking, we're automatic. Then you're editing. It's like, wow, they said something really profound that I didn't even realize at the time. So mm-hmm. you, you find that information too, right? Yeah. 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 I think sometimes after an interview, I just sit on the couch for 10 minutes, completely brain dead. Like it feels like mush <laughs> because I'm like, oh my God, that was so much info and that was so great. <laughs> but like my mind is reeling. From <laughs> <it>. <laughs> well, I just take you, I appreciate you guys taking the time to talk to me through it. I mean, like I said, I've been a huge fan back from the travel days six or seven oh, years man. ago to now. And I'm excited for your journey. Like I said, I didn't know that it's been a year and a half in the making. So mm-hmm. now it's, I hope that the fruitfulness comes to you here. Where would you tell my listeners, what would be the first steps you recommend in starting this journey now, besides starting your own podcast and talking about it? Well, where would you recommend people go? I think um, you know, like if they're trying to do surrogacy, 
surrogacy yeah. adoption, foster to adopt. Well, first I would recommend go to Who's Your Daddy podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, mm -hmm. or wherever you listen to your podcast. Mm -hmm. We're available on all, all platforms. Mm -hmm. um, episodes one and three are a great place to start on our podcast, especially episode three that is going to walk you through the first steps, whether you're going to looking into surrogacy, adoption, foster to adopt, you're just thinking about having kids. That's a great place because it's going to actually discuss like some of those questions and mm -hmm. how do you address these things um obviously that foster care episode is going to come out eventually um <laughs> if you were if they were if they were committed to a, a surrogacy journey um a lot of the people that have have had a lot of great things to say they just found a reputable ivf clinic close by and they went in they had their consultation and they got a ton of questions answered. Um, we did a little bit different version of that, but I think in interviewing a lot of people after the fact, yeah. um, that is probably where I would start if you're doing surrogacy, is find mm -hmm. the most reputable IVF clinic. In your area. In your area. Go, go there, talk to a doctor. See, <laughs> yeah. you know, they'll either, they'll give you, you know, good vibes or not on whether, you know, if you feel comfortable there, but, um, people in North Carolina, people in Chicago, um, people here, you know, they just had gone to their IVF clinic and that's where I would start. Don't worry about anything beyond that. Well, thank you so much for inviting us into your home today. Let everyone know your website. Your website's fantastic with some of your photography, Matt, and everything else. Talk about where they can find that and where they can find you on social media. They've been under a rock the last <laughs> oh my god no um it's michaelandmatt.com is our website uh we post travel blogs there so any travel guides and places for anywhere that you may want to go lots of them on there and then we're at michael and matt on instagram and on youtube um and we actually publish our podcasts on youtube as well in video form so if you're a video podcast watcher and listener then you can check that out and we're on tiktok michael and matt one and who's your daddy yeah, podcast yeah. on Apple, Spotify, or any we podcast platform? <laughs> <laughs> I love it, guys. Been my absolute pleasure having you on the show. Stick around because we're going to do a five questions with. We're going to air next Tuesday for you guys. Get a little in depth and personal here. Been great having you on the Left to Straight Show. Have a great afternoon and enjoy your summer in beautiful downtown Portland. Thanks, Thank Scott. <laughs> Thank you. All right, guys, you've been listening to Left to Straight Show right here on Left to Straight Radio. Have a great afternoon. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Left of Straight Show. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast distributor and please give us a five-star rating so more listeners can find us. You can follow us on social media and be sure to check out our website, www.leftofstraightradio.com for contests and other news and information. See you next week.